Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Greetings and welcome back. This is Gathered by the Ghostlight, original stories for radio theater. I just want to start by giving all of you a quick thank you. I started this podcast a few months back, getting a summer, and I didn't know what to expect. But a lot of you guys are tuning into this, and I've received a lot of positive feedback from you guys out there. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you reaching out, and thank you from the bottom of my cold heart for listening. Now, let's get back to what you're here for. In today's story, you're going to meet a stage actress named Lana Barnes. Talented, professional, the type of actress that any theater would want working for them. On this night, Lana has just finished performing in a well-known play written by a playwright named Theodore Janus. What she doesn't know is that, on this night, Mr. Janus was in the audience watching her perform and is now waiting by the stage door to meet her. Gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy... This is a play by Theodore Janus, performed by Rebecca Robison, Amy Poplinski, and Jonathan Cook. Hey girl, you were so amazing tonight. I don't know, it felt a little off. Lana, you say that every night. Quit being humble and take the compliment. Thanks, Claire. Only one more show to go. I know, I'm gonna miss it so much. Me too. But hey, cast party at least is tomorrow night after the show. I'll be there, but I can't hang tonight. Steve's off early and is swinging by to pick me up. Bummer. I know. Well, we'll see you tomorrow then. See you tomorrow. You're amazing. No, you. Good night. Good work. Sleep well. I'll I'll most likely likely kill you in the morning. Good evening. Hi. I uh, enjoyed your performance tonight. Oh, thank you. It was a great cast, and you you were terrific. Thank you so much. We've all been working really hard on this one. We appreciate you coming out. You're welcome. I can imagine the rehearsal schedule was very demanding. And you closed tomorrow, right? Your final performance? Yep. Last one. I'm gonna miss it. So what's next for uh, Lana Barnes? Lana. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's okay. My name is even misspelled in there, so don't feel bad. Well then, what's next for Lana Barnes? Auditions for The Realistic Joneses in two weeks. Fingers crossed. Oh yeah, that's a good one. So are you going for Jennifer or Pony Jones? I'd be fine with either of them, really. My preference would be Jennifer, though. You've been acting for a long time, I take it. Yeah, when I can. Miss Barnes, uh, your talents have not been wasted. Thank you. I'm curious, though. Tell me, what's it like to become someone else? Uh, To become a character created in a script? Well, it's... exhausting, to be honest. But they say that being exhausted after a show means you're doing something right. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy to maintain the focus, I'm sure. Exactly. This is gonna sound stupid, but... I've always viewed acting as a kind of quantum leap. You remember that old TV show? It's like I'm jumping into all these different people at various points in their lives. I become them. And then, after the play closes, I leap into my next role. Dr. Sam Beckett, setting things right that once went wrong. 
I've been a harlot, a leader in La Resistance, a southern belle. I've been a lesbian punk rocker, yeah. I've even been a Catholic nun for crying out loud. Each role brings its own challenges, but it's always fun. I can see that. What? Your uh, quantum leap analogy. In a way, that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, like tonight, you leaped into a frail artist that beautifully died from some unexplained illness. Good times, huh? It was lovely. Did you get a chance to see any of the other shows we did this season? I I'm not from here. Oh. So what do you do? I write. Professionally? No offense, I just know a lot of writers. <laughs> Ouch. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Actually, I could kind of be compared to Sam Beckett as well. Not the fictional one, the, the playwright. I write plays. Hi, Theodore Janus. Wait, 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 wait. You're Theodore Janus? Yes, uh, let's see here. Um, there it is. Right next to the written by in your program here. You wrote my play. I wrote my play. I mean, the, you wrote this play I'm acting in. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. It's okay. I, I know the scripts don't usually have uh, pictures of the playwrights or anything, so... Well, I'm honored to meet you. I love this play. Thank you. Did you mean everything you said earlier about my performance as Krista? You were wonderful. That really means a lot to me. <laughs> did it not mean anything before? No, no, no. It, it did. But... To know that it's a compliment coming from the man who wrote the words to this charming story is, I don't know, sort of a higher level of awesomeness, I guess. I love that she's written in such a free-spirited way. I only wrote the words. You gave her a soul. Does Frank know you're here? Who's Frank? The artistic director of the theater. Oh, well, I usually don't let the theater staff know when I'm attending my plays. Uh, people tend to get a little nervous. Understandable. Directors sometimes have their own vision of a playwright's work. Yeah, sometimes. I really hope that our interpretation was at least close to what you had in mind. Close enough. There's this one thing, though. Um, a, a request, really. Ugh, I know, I know. I missed a line during the wine glass. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I... Wait, did you? I didn't even notice. <laughs> I guess I covered well. The, the thing is that I don't want to see... Krista die again. I'm sorry? I, I've seen this play produced many times over the years. Different theaters, different cities. And I've had to watch Krista die over and over again. You know, I always know it's coming. I know exactly when, but it still, it, it tears me apart every time. For once, I want to see her live. Of course. I'm sure that everyone in the audience is with you on that. We all wish that she'd survive. I want you to make it happen. You want me to... I want you to make Krista survive. But she dies at the end. No, she doesn't have to. You want me to change the story? I, I can't do that. Actually, you can. There's nothing stopping you. When Krista's lying motionless in Mark's arms at the end, there's nothing stopping you from opening your eyes, standing up, and letting everyone see that she's alive and that everything will be okay. But I can't do that. My director would freak out. Let him. And I'd never work in this town again if it got out that I made such a major change at my own free will. Let it be Krista's free will. I created her. She should have her own free will. But instead, she's always been bound to the words on the page. Let her be free just for once. Why did you write her death in the script if that's not what you wanted? Because that's her story. Her fate. 
her tragic biography laid out for people to harmoniously feel sympathy. Then what are you asking me to do? I'm asking you to give me one moment. Just just one moment where I don't have to see things in the way that I wrote it. A moment where Krista defies the fate handed to her and rises livelier than ever. Don't make me watch her die again. Is this some kind of weird joke or something? I mean, the best I can do is talk to Frank and see if he'd be cool with this. No, no, you're not getting it. Just listen. All the times I've seen this play, it's it's like I'm visiting a, a system of parallel universes. You know, I see the same story again and again, but the people change. It's still my characters, Mark and Krista, but they're different. The way they look, the way they behave, the way they move and speak. I've even seen one version where they changed Mark's character to a female. The only thing that remains constant, the only thing is the story and the words they say. The words that I wrote. Krista will continue to die every time this story is told. It doesn't matter how the actors interpret the characters. She will always die. You seriously want me to change the ending? Just this once. Tomorrow night. Your final performance. Look, what you're asking... People are counting on me to do things as we rehearse them. My director, my co-star, the entire technical team. They'll be furious. Do you understand the decision you're asking me to make? Yes. I can't do something like that without getting some type of approval. I approve. From the theater. It's their paying customers who are sitting out there. Have you ever felt the urge to do something that felt completely unnatural? Something that you knew just wasn't in the cards for you? To go against the grain of fate and alter the script you star in? All the time. Give Krista her chance. Give her this one world, this one timeline where she doesn't die. Not like this. But if I do... How does this play out? You want me to pretend like Krista's illness has just vanished and she magically gets better? That's going to completely transform the impact the story has on people. They won't get it. Everyone loves the story as it's written. As do I. Then why are you asking me to do this? Because Krista... This version of Krista, she needs a savior. You gracefully quantum leap into her every night and you can be her savior. You can be a presence behind the scenes of her life that guides her away from that icy grip of death. You speak of her as if she's a real person. She's as real as you make her. That's my ride. It's nice meeting you, Lana Barnes. Nice to meet you too. Have a good night. So, you'll be at the show again tomorrow? Third row. I'm sorry in advance if I disappoint you. (laughs) You don't have to apologize. I know it means a lot to you, but... I can't promise that I can do what you want me to. I know. Good night. In the darkness, a man is heard crying. The lights come up, and Krista now lies motionless in Mark's arms. With tears, he holds her close, and he prays loudly for her to be okay. He prays, hoping that God will answer him. Lights fade. End of play. That was a play by Theodore Janus, performed by Rebecca Robison, Amy Poplinski, and Jonathan Cook. Intro and outro music is provided by artist JK47. Additional music provided by Exist Strategy. And if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe and stay up to date on when we'll be dropping our next episode. 
I'd also like to invite you to take a listen to another radio theater program called The Short Play Podcast, produced by Marty Matfis. It's currently available across all podcast platforms. As always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost light. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.